How many of you have never had the privilege of hearing Brother Ivan Tate in person before? Raise your hand. Oh, you're going somewhere in the Holy Ghost today. Amen? We met Brother Ivan through some uh, mutual ministries, and he started ministering here, gosh, 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, Brother Ivan has a ministry, What Matters Most Ministries, uh, and uh, this is really why we're connected with him. He has a ministry that is specifically for orphans and widows. And uh, you, you know, in the Bible, that, that, that's it. And uh, we've had the privilege of going to Guatemala on multiple trips and serve down there, and uh, we would like to do that again. And so we're looking forward to be able to taking some more teams down there. They do an amazing job. We've met the orphans. Lori tried to smuggle some orphans back one year. She got caught at the border. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, but, you know. But uh, Brother Ivan, and this is, this is what I like. Number one, he's an amazing Bible teacher. And, and when, we, when we make an investment, because we have supported Brother Ivan on a monthly basis for years and years and years, we know all of the money is going to exactly to where he says it goes. Amen. He is actually, they, back in the day, you could build a widow's house for about 5,000, and you could build one of your small houses for about 70,000. I'm sure that has now, it's more expensive now. Everything is more expensive now, and he's in Guatemala, but he is a true missionary. He's a true evangelist, a true teacher of the Word, and a true apostle, and I want you to stand to your feet and welcome Brother Ivan Tate. Thank you, sir. Yep, I think I am. Good morning, everybody. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. What a great thing. You know, veterans are sacred. And we should always treat veterans as sacred. Especially disabled veterans. You know, if a man or a woman is disabled... They should never have another need as long as they live. All their bills should be paid, their houses should be paid, everything should be paid. And I hope that happens someday because for a man or a woman to go to war, put their life in danger, maybe lose their life, lose limbs, for me, while I'm over here eating at Papado's, do you understand? It is a serious thing. So it's not a light thing. And I'd like all of you that are veterans, if you would stand. I know we've already given you a clap and all that, but, but really, and, and I'd like you to remain standing. Just remain, remain standing for a little bit, if you would. Uh, you know, I understand you don't do it for applause and you didn't sign up so you could be recognized because that makes it even more sacred, you know. But we do want to pray for you. So I'm going to do that. What's your name, sir? Let's all extend our hands towards our friend and uh, obviously that's your baby. <laughs> How many children do you have? Four, good man. Uh, so I'm going to give you some Bible verses. These are called prophetic verses. It means that within the verse, there's miracle working power. 
uh, Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. When you pray, your prayers will be like explosions of miracles. God will hear you, even when you pray just with your mind. Sometimes even just with your feelings. But when you utter the language, God says, I will do great and mighty things that you have never seen before. 1 Corinthians 2.9 I has not seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for you and your family because you love him. Romans 8.28 God makes everything to work together for your good because you love God and are called according to his purpose. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own wisdom or understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will guide you and direct you to a peaceful and successful place. Amen? Amen. God bless you. What's your name, sir? Let's extend our hands over there and... What's that? Oh, you just said something with power, you know. And, you're, and that finger, that, that finger of power is pointing. We have Psalm 1, verse 2 and 3. But his delight, your delight, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law you will meditate day and night. You will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Your leaf shall not wither, and everything you touch shall flourish and prosper. Your prosperity will be undeniable because it will be of God, it will be supernatural, and it will be passed on to everyone that you decide needs to have it. You are receiving a prosperity blessing to give to other people, the prosperity of the soul the prosperity of the mind, the prosperity of emotions, the prosperity of relationships, the prosperity of business, and the prosperity of inner peace. Everything you touch from this day forward will prosper. And God says, I have silenced your enemies. I have taken away their weapons and I have rendered them Dysfunctional. Acts 1.8 After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power from on high. You will be baptized in power and in fire, and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem, all over the world, and in anything you endeavor. For there are still great exploits for you to do. Things you have not prayed for nor dreamed of will happen. Revelation 3.8 For today I open a door that no one will be able to close. I close doors that cannot be opened. Revelation 3.20 I stand at the door and knock. And if you open that door, I will come into you and fellowship with you. Exodus 25, 22. I will commune with you from within and between 
the wings of the cherubim. You shall be my son and I shall be your father. You shall hear my voice early in the morning. When you wake up at three and four and five. And you shall hear the sound of the comforting wisdom of heaven. You will never be left without strength. Psalm 105, 24. For your strength shall be greater than the strength of your adversaries. Deuteronomy 28, 5 and 6. For your enemies come in one way, but I shall scatter them in six different directions until you look all around you and say, look what the Lord has done. For he has blessed me from the north and from the south, from the east and from the west. You will spend your life, Luke 5, 1 through 10, filling your nets with the fish that God will put in them. Your nets will be so full they will break and you will pass it on to other generations so that all can eat, be satisfied, and all know the goodness of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give us your name back there, brother. Everybody extend your hands over to Neil. These are veterans, everybody, so we need to minister to them. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to take my time to do it. Praise God. Psalm 27, 13 and 14. You would have fainted. Many times in your life, you would have given up and quit. But because you love me, you trust me, you believe in me, you have not been defeated. For I am your victory. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Romans eight thirty seven. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, your Lord. Nothing shall ever be able to separate you and your family from the love of God. Neither heights nor depths, neither principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come. In everything, the Lord will be with you. 1 John 4:18. Perfect love will be the banner of your family, for it casts out fear and it has no torment in it. You will be a man that delivers the tormented and delivers those that are bound in fear and in religion and in deception and in confusion. Your whole family shall become a weapon in the hands of God. Nothing shall be able to stop the power of the weapon that God will put in your hand. Hebrews 4, 12. The word of the Lord is quick and powerful sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and of the intentions of the heart. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. The word that I put in your mouth shall go out, and it shall never return void without accomplishing the thing that I sent it to do. No one in your family will have a weak heart of unbelief and doubt, for they shall have faith, overpowering, overwhelming, and unlimited faith. You are a faith family, 
and the devil is defeated and God is on the throne. Let's give God a praise right now, everybody. Say praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Enoch, right? What a name. Enoch, Matthew 11, 28 and 29 and 30. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Learn of me, for I am meek and I am mild. I will take your burden and remove it. Take my yoke upon you. It's very easy. I will take you to a place where you are no longer under oppression and no longer under lack. For I will give you financial prosperity. I will bless you with a heart that's full of goodness, kindness, and tenderness. I will open the windows of heaven, Malachi 3.10, I'll rebuke the devourer and drive him out of your family. And I will drive him out of all those in your family who are addicted to darkness. I will save all the members of your family that you love and pray for. I will deliver them from demons, curses, iniquities, and satanic strongholds that have been in the family for over 400 years. The idols of Satan in your family are coming down. They are crashing. Nehemiah 1.9. They shall not rise a second time. Praise God. What is your name? Jeremiah 29.11. My son, I know the plans that I have for you. They are good plans of prosperity and success not of failure, not of destruction. For I am building you up, not tearing you down. I am planting you, not uprooting you. I will make you a man of many resources. You will have seven gifts. The gift of making money, the gift of the true riches of heaven, the gift of intimacy with God, the gift of healing the sick, the gift of opening the eyes of the blind and the gift of taking care of orphans and widows everywhere you go. From this day forward, you are not part of the tail, you are part of the head. And the anointing oil of God is now being poured on your head. Psalm 133, how good and blessed it is for brothers to dwell together in unity for there the Lord sends his blessing and commands his blessing. It is like the oil that was poured on the head of Aaron that ran down his beard and onto his robes. This will be the testimony of your life. You will become a preacher. You will be a mighty preacher and a businessman. You will have great success, boldness, courage, and fearlessness. And you will help those that nobody likes, nobody needs, and nobody wants. You will go to the dark places of Satan and rescue those that are perishing in blindness, bondage, and slavery. You are a deliverer of the slave and you will break the chains off of the slaves and do it until the day you die. Praise God. Let's give God praise, everybody. Come on, lift your hands. 
Somebody say glory to God. Praise him a little bit on a Sunday morning. And don't act like religious people. Act like somebody God is blessed. Act like somebody God has delivered. Act like somebody God has saved. Act like somebody God has blessed with a family. Act like God is alive and not dead. Act like he rose from the dead and came out of the grave. Lift up his holy name in the sanctuary and bless him. Say glory to God in the highest. Praise and honor to the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and the great I am, the light of heaven, the bread of heaven, the word of heaven, the reign of heaven, the goodness of heaven, the love of heaven, the power of heaven, the face of heaven, the holiness of heaven, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the rose of Sharon, the great deliverer, the chain breaker, the healer of the body, the healer of the mind, the healer of the spirit. He is alive. He is not dead. He is our Lord, our King, our master, our friend, and the savior of our souls. Come on, praise him a little bit and act like you're glad you came to church. You may be seated for a little bit and let's have those veterans that I have not spoken to remain standing. The rest of you can sit. Praise God and tell me your name, sir, over in the back. I see Colossians 1.13. For the Lord has delivered you from the authority of darkness and from the power of darkness so it can have no power over you and no say over your decisions. Wherever you came from, the Lord has been with you. He has held your hand invisibly. He has led you by his good will, by his tender mercies. Every morning, the Lord has been there to keep fear away from you and to convince you and persuade you that the Lord is good. Romans 4, 18 through 22. For Abraham did not stagger in unbelief at the promise of God, but he gave glory to God and he was persuaded that what God had promised he was also able to perform. For this is the year of God performing miracles for you, signs and wonders. This year, the Lord will remove the stone from the tomb and you will come out and you will run out and you will live a life of a great hero. You will be a hero to children. You will be a hero to the elderly. You will be a man of power whose words cannot be resisted by Satan or those that listen to them. Luke 21, 15. I will give you words and a mouth that cannot be resisted. I will put wisdom within you that cannot be resisted. I will give you great utterance, Colossians 4, 3. And I will open to you the door of utterance so you can declare the gospel to those that are perishing, downtrodden, and unwanted. You will have a special gift of healing the brokenhearted, the hurting, the bruised, and those that have been overlooked. You were not born for little things, my son. You were born for great things. You were not born to exist, but you were born to thrive. 
You were not born to be obscure, but you were born to be mighty. Wave my banner, wave my flag, leave the world and all of its things, and I will be your God, I will be your champion, and I will bless you morning, noon, and night. For I will fill your basket, Luke 6, 38, with overflowing blessings. For your basket shall be pressed down, shaken together, and running over too. You shall have more than enough, and your middle name shall be overflowing. Praise God. Everybody praise God and say, I'm so glad I came to church. I'm so glad I'm in the house of God, and I believe in God, and I believe in the goodness of God. Praise the Lord. Brother Jack, extend your hand. Brother Jack, there are seven stars that I'm looking at. I have never said this to any living being. I just saw these seven stars. These are the stars that are on your crown. I'm looking at your crown. There are many jewels in that crown that I don't know what they are, but it's much brightness and much shining, much glittering. And the Lord says that the stars are the pieces of God that you have embraced in your life that have given you eternity in your soul. For you are an eternal man with eternal thoughts, eternal desires, eternal motives, and an eternal destiny. Each star will reveal itself before you go to heaven. For there are seven more dimensions of the glory of God that you're going to enter before you die. These dimensions come from these stars. One of those stars is soul winning. Another one of those stars is deep intercession. Another one of those stars is the gift of miracles for the opening of blind eyes, deaf ears, and crooked spines. For there are new levels of glory that I will take you to, my son, places you have never visited but always wanted to. For I have held these in my hand for the end. For in the latter days of your life, you will begin to hear the voice coming from these stars that are in your crown. For the voice is the voice of my Holy Spirit. It'll teach you, it'll train you, it'll mentor you, and it'll instruct you in the supernatural ways. For you are now entering a supernatural life. You have been in the supernatural mind, but now you're going to be in the supernatural life. It is something different than just knowing and believing, and seeing, and touching, but it is being, it is becoming. You will become a supernatural funnel for the powers and glories of God. Some of your grandchildren will be evangelists. Some of your grandchildren will be prophets, and some of your grandchildren will be apostles. For the Lord has declared it to be so. And every time you lay hands on your children or grandchildren, God will add to them another dimension of his glory. The church will be filled with the glory of God, this church. The church will be baptized in the hunger of heaven. Many people will be added to the church. Many other religions will come here and get saved. Many people of many beliefs will come into the house and they will sense and feel the glory of God. There will be no persuading necessary, no preaching necessary, for the Holy Spirit will do the preaching, the convincing, 
and the persuading. Every word that the pastor utters shall be like bolts of lightning destroying the strongholds of the mind and healing the wounds of the heart. Prepare yourself, saith the Lord, for I am taking you to a place of sacrifice that you have never been. You will sacrifice and die to your selfish life and live to your selfless life. For in your selfless life are hidden all the riches and all the treasures of my kingdom. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What's your name, sir? Right there behind Pastor Jack. Extend your hands over there. We're looking at a variety of things, sir. We're looking at the healing of your body. We're looking about several areas of your body. We're looking at your back. We're looking at different parts of your blood. We're looking at different areas of your body where the hand of the Lord is stretching out towards you right now. We're looking right now in the name of Jesus for the anointing of a holy sleep. A sleep that is restful, nourishing, and self-healing. For you're walking through a door of self-healing today. Today the Lord is walking with you through that door. And for the next 24 months, the Lord will speak to you in a very real and private manner. He will show you how to heal yourself how to make yourself healthier, and how to live a very long life. He will teach you the secrets of praise and worship. He will teach you the secrets of divine understanding and wisdom. You shall walk and not be weary. You shall run and not faint. For your strength is now being replaced with God's strength. You shall mount up with wings like an eagle. And you shall soar into your destiny. For you have only touched a tiny bit of your destiny. Your destiny is still waiting for you. And the Lord adds to you the spirit of courage. The spirit of decisiveness. And the spirit of self-control and the spirit of self-discipline, the spirit of faith, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, and the spirit of understanding. Where you have fought your battles alone, the Lord will now stand with you. And everything that raises its head, you shall cut it off with the vengeance of the sword of Almighty God. Praise the Lord. Let's all give God great praise today. Let's give God great praise today and magnify his name and say our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. Would you hug somebody next to you and say, I'm sure glad I came to church today. Praise the Lord. I felt like I needed to do that this morning. I know I've taken up time, but it is time well spent. Understand what I'm saying, that veterans must be protected. I did not see you, ma'am. I'm sorry. What is your name? Praise the Lord. Let's extend our hands over there. I will show you what I am seeing. 
I'm seeing toxicity being removed. I'm seeing uh, the swelling of your body going down. I'm seeing the arteries being cleaned out. I'm seeing arthritis being removed. I'm seeing all forms of pain in your bones being healed. I'm seeing extreme exhaustion leaving. And things that you have to take being removed. Your time of freedom is coming. Liberty is the bell that is ringing. And God is taking you to the house of freedom and out of the house of bondage. For the Lord your God is standing up as a mighty deliverer. Zephaniah 3 verse 15. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. He has removed his judgments against you. Do not let your hands hang down by your side, but lift them up. For the Lord will sing over you and dance over you and rejoice over you. For you are his daughter. And though you have not been able to taste the love as deeply as you should, God says, I'm going to do a quick work and double, triple, quadruple, and give you a hundred levels of love before you go to heaven. For you will swim in a pool of love and say, oh, how much God loves me. Oh, how much God loves me. But even people will love you. And they shall treat you as you are sacred. For there are three levels of cherishing that are being added to you. You will be cherished where you have not been cherished. For the Lord says, I'm opening heaven and letting the light of my face shine upon you. Number 625. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he give you peace. May he grant you prosperity be good to you, and show you his kindness all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Praise God. For any visitors, you must understand that I cannot explain everything to you. Let your heart tell you if it's right or wrong. You're not a fool. Anything God does is beautiful. Anything the devil does is ugly. It's as simple as that. Praise the Lord. We lift our hands for two basic reasons. Like this. We don't do this because it's part of a denomination or a religion or religiousness. No. We lift our hands like this. For one reason. If somebody puts a gun to your back, what do you do? This is a universal sign of surrender. This is what you're saying when you lift your hands. I surrender. And if your team wins the Super Bowl... Because this is a sign of victory. It means we already won. And we know it before the game is over. Can somebody say praise God? Praise the Lord. Shake somebody's hand if you will. Just shake their hand. Look at them in the face and say these words. Say, I have something to tell you. I believe you are supposed to pay my house off. Praise God. Everybody say, great God. I love this church. I love it. Oh my gosh, what a fabulous thing. Pay off my house. 
You never know. We have had many people, after saying that, have had their houses paid off. I constantly hear the testimony, so I do not take it lightly. Unless you're full of unbelief, you could be the happy winner of a paid-off house. Turn to the person behind you and say, how about my car? Would you pay off my car? Turn to the person on your right and say, how about my children? Can you pay them off? They're the most expensive thing I have. Quickly, let us go over a few elements of today. One, product. What is this product? What is it for? It is not my intention to create product to make money only. I do want to make money because it goes to the orphans. But it is not my primary motive. My primary motive is that if you're ignorant, you become food for a predator. You must educate yourself out of defeat. You must educate yourself out of foolishness. And you must educate yourself out of blind ignorance. In the area of your life where you are ignorant, you are defeated. And you are open to be devoured by something. Any lie, any ideology, any belief, any person, any seduction, anything. Knowledge, divine knowledge, not just natural knowledge of the laws of science and nature, that as well. But divine knowledge is the ability to see things as God sees them to know things as God knows them, and to understand the anatomy and workings of the whole world and how it works. This is called the wisdom of God. Without the wisdom of God, you cannot be a good husband. No one is born a good husband. We're all fools. <laughs> Some of you have very forgiving wives, so you never change. You die a fool. But if you have a demanding wife that requires you to be godly, then you got the fire to your hala hala all the time, <laughs> burning, because she's not going to tolerate 25 years of you not flushing the toilet. She's not going to tolerate gas all over the house. I can't believe you said that. It was going so well. Reality is what church is about. Not about a bunch of fake junk. Praise the Lord. Let's begin with your children. How many of you have them? Do you like those children? <laughs> children are being devoured every day by ideologies of Satan. If you do not protect your children and weaponize them, they will be unprepared to deal with what's going to come at them. There are elements of darkness out there that are coming for your children. And if you don't give them the weapons to deal with them, your children will be lost. You will have children that do not love God, want God, or know God. They shall follow every type of sexual perversion, ideological perversion, and every type of ungodly resistance against God. So it's your job not just to have the children. Having the children is not that much. Holla, holla, boom, bomb, it's over. But raising a child, 
So the biggest curse your children have is a lazy parent. That's the biggest curse a child can have, is a parent too busy to raise them. You had them. It's not your job to keep them out of hell by training them how to live above hell and above everything hell can throw at them. Praise the Lord. So we wrote this book called Letters from God for Children. And this is what this book is about. There's 52 character traits in here of Jesus or spiritual principles. Let's say destiny, for example. Every week you study one character trait for the whole week. There's a Bible verse on that character trait, which you memorize with your child. And then there's a letter from God written to your child. From God, a letter on destiny, for example. Then every day of the week, Monday through Sunday, there is a question on that topic. Question number one on Monday, what is destiny? Your job as a non-lazy parent or grandparent is to actually find the answer. And in a way, in a, a, a convincing way, depending on your child's learning skill and ability, you have to find out how they learn and then teach them in that way so they won't forget. You take that and the seven days has seven questions. There'll be 52 of them for the whole year. That means at the end of the year, your child learns 52 Bible verses, and so do you. They have practiced 52 character traits all year, every day. And the book lasts as long as your children are in your house. So if your children leave at 18, okay. But some kids stay in until they're 20. Some till they're 30. Some till they're 40. Some till they're 50. So if you have a 50-year-old child living in your house, you say, we're doing the book right here every day as long as you're in this house. You are going to learn how to work. Then we have Letters from God for Adults. This is a devotional, 365 days. This book is going to get you encouraged every day, all day, for the rest of your life. I suggest that you go to the back and read your birthday, and it'll give you an idea. If God wrote you a letter every day for a year, what would he say? And that's what this book is based on. It has brought many people a lot of comfort, a lot of deliverance. Then we have a series back there called Untouchable. This is everything that you need to learn about spiritual warfare and how to deal with the devil attacking you. How do you know when you're under attack? And when you are under attack, how do you stop it? Why are you don't have peace? Why do you have anxiety attacks? Why can't you sleep at night? That's called spiritual warfare. Why are you always worried? Why are you afraid of things? Why are you so tight and so tense? Because you're under spiritual warfare. Why is your mind always troubling you and you're always getting it because you have spiritual warfare? Because you have possibly even have demons connected to you. Christians cannot be demon possessed, but they can be demon partnered. Meaning that a demon can approach you and stay with you and be with you where you go. And if you don't believe these things, then you are uneducated. You're uneducated by science, by history, by the world. 
and by the fact that there is another world out there and real demons exist. The devil exists. This will give you the power. It comes with a workbook. And you study right along with it. And this is 11 hours of training on that subject. If you don't want to get the actual CDs, then you can call my office. The numbers are all there. And they will let you digitally download everything. It's also much cheaper that way. Praise the Lord. Uh, finally, we also have the encouraged parent, which is the prophetic parent. And this is how to become a prophetic parent. And it has over 100 prophetic prayers that you pray over your children. So before your child leaves your house, you pray that prophetic prayer over them and you just keep doing it. Just keep praying it over them. And then there's prophetic letters from God for you as a parent that I have written to you prophetically so that you stay encouraged and built up. And finally, you can go on any of the places you buy books, Amazon, Kindle, iBooks, anything. And our new book is there, 365 Things Your Children Need to Know Before They Leave Your House. You can get that. Next week, our new book comes out, The Lovable You. It's how to be loved by all the right people and not give a flip about the other ones. Praise God. Everybody say holla holla. That's what I'm talking about. We are going to go into the word now. And I want you to think about something. Christianity, and let me say some, some brutal things. Christianity does not work. Unless you know how to make it work. That knowledge is called, what I call it, are the laws of possessing. When you were born again, you were given by God an inheritance. You have an inheritance as an individual. It would be like you having a relative that dies and leaves you $10 million. But he forgets to tell you where the bank is. And you don't know the bank account number. So the $10 million, which makes you a millionaire, just sit in the bank while you're homeless. Christianity is not cheap. There are laws of possessing your inheritance. Now, let's clear this up. Everything you need has already been bought and paid for by Jesus. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to get it. Like go over there and, and, and die or do something. It's yours. It's been purchased for you. And each one of you as an individual created by God individually has an individual inheritance that matches your destiny. That inheritance is in position. Positionally, you have those things. Let's talk about that. For example, let's say that you say, I have the joy of the Lord, but you're on Prozac. <laughs> I have the peace of God, but you can't sleep at night. So in reality, you have the intellectual knowledge of owning something, but you have not been able to transfer it from a position to a possession. You have taken the idea of what Jesus gave you, 
but have not learned how to make it a substance. And that is what we're here to talk about to you today. Is that the reason you're not a good Christian is not because you're a bad person. Because everyone is bad. You're all bad. I'm bad without Jesus. Understand that none of you were born good. Every one of you that was born was born a little sinner. Your little beautiful children don't come out saved. They're little sinners. As soon as they can, they scream, they yell, they demand, they keep you up all night. They don't care if you're not sleeping for days and days and days and losing weight. They want their food. They want it when they want it and give it to me now. And as they grow up, they learn to say, no, I don't want to do that. No, no, no. Rebellion, disobedience, stubbornness, pride, foolishness. Don't touch the fire. What? What? Don't touch the fire. Why? Don't do it. Don't do it. What? What? Because they have the nature of a sinner in them. So let's look then at the three types of Christians that there are. All of us are born into the world. Everybody say yes. The world in the Bible has a metaphor, and that metaphor or a type is called Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. Okay? In Egypt, there's a pharaoh, which is a type of the devil. And then there are taskmasters, which are all your addictions and sins, bad habits, and all the stuff that gives you trouble. All you can ever become in Egypt is a slave. There's no other, like, positions. All people in the world are slaves of some taskmaster. Everybody. Lust, power, fame, money, greed, hurt, pain, rejection, sorrow, jealousy, hate, perversion, abuse, violence, deception, perversions, ugliness, meanness, cruelty, and selfishness, just to name a few. That's the world. The devil is there. We're all born in it. So in the church, you have Egyptian Christians. They have the title of a Christian, but have never exited the house. They are among us, and they are slaves. They can't stop drinking. They can't stop fornicating. They can't stop committing adultery. They can't stop watching pornography. They can't stop being proud, egotistical, vain, and full of rage anger and unforgiveness because they have not left Egypt. They've just put a title on their forehead because they believe in the ideals and ideas of Jesus. But they are slaves. You do not want to be that. Praise the Lord. Then you have wilderness Christians and the wilderness Christians are Christians that never learn their lessons. They just go around in circles till their body parts fall off. 
So God comes to you during a service. Pastor preaches a message on obedience. And you know exactly what you're supposed to obey God about, but you don't do it. Next year, another message on obedience. Oh, my gosh, I need to do that so bad. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And then you leave and you don't do it. 30 years go by where you say, I needed to obey, I needed to obey, I needed to obey, I needed to obey. And you're going around in circles. So God's first agenda is to get you out of Egypt. And his second agenda is to get Egypt out of you. Praise the Lord. In Egypt, you're a slave. And in the wilderness, you're a patient on a gurney having surgery. Because you have idolatry in you. You have murmuring and complaining in you. You have lust in you. You have deceit, lying in you. You have violence in you. You have rage in you. You have dishonesty in you. You have corruption in you. You have brutality, cruelty. You have all types of indifference, cold-heartedness, and selfishness. And God has to open you up and pull the cancer out. In order for him to do it, you have to give him permission. So we have wilderness Christians among us that all they're ever going to do is say hallelujah and disobey. This is why Christianity is not too popular with some people. Because when they come, they don't see the, the dead raised. The blind eyes open. The deaf ears pop open. They don't see miracles because nobody's got a Bible. Most Christians don't even bring a Bible to church. Praise the Lord. Hard-heartedness comes and many other bad things happen because we are not possessing our possessions. And in a minute, I'm going to give you those secrets. Praise the Lord. Because without those secrets, your Christianity will not be the real thing. What happens when God does not work? Then your image of God changes. Your idea of God changes. If you never see God heal cancer, you can't believe that he does it. If you never see God open the blind eyes, you can't believe that he does it. And if you've been in church 30 years and have never seen a miracle, this is not good. Because you are being convinced every time you pray and don't get an answer that God doesn't answer prayer. Or that there's something terribly wrong with you and you must be messed up. Or you can learn the laws of possessing and change your entire world. Praise the Lord. So here are the different Christians. You have this Christian. You meet him, and how you doing? Great. Fantastic. Everybody's saved in my family. They're all baptized in the Holy Ghost. Everybody's a preacher. Our houses are all paid. We have supernatural health and strength. It's a beautiful day. You have those. Then you have others. How are you doing? Terrible. Miserable. Hate my life. Hate you. Hate myself. Hate everybody. Don't believe in God anymore. I did last week. I don't now. You have all those and everything in between. 
You're not going to get better if you don't change something. Your life is not going to change from what it is right now unless you change something. You're just going to get offended at preachers like me who refuse to help you protect the lie. Why do you get offended at preachers that tell you the truth? Because you're not offended at them. You're protecting your lie. Because you love your lie because it brings you pleasure. And pleasure, apart from the kingdom of God, is part of the world. There are divine pleasures. They satisfy you to the deepest core of you. Then there are natural pleasures that are good in context of what God created them to do. Praise the Lord. You can have physical pleasure with your wife or your husband. But if you go outside of that, that physical pleasure then becomes a curse. And that curse will send you to hell. Even if you don't believe it, I'm right. Praise the Lord. Look at three people around you and say, can you spare $10? If seven people gave you $10, that would be a $70 lunch. You have not? Because you asked not. So you're not going to do too well as a Christian if you're an Egyptian Christian. Because the devil's present. Worldliness is all over you. The pride of life. The lust of the eyes. The boastfulness of the ego. All dominating you. Praise the Lord. And that's not going to help you. So you need to make a choice now that you're getting out of Egypt. Praise the Lord. Because you have an inheritance. It's called the promised life. But there are laws of possessing. And we have to get those laws. There are 21 of them. I can't give you those. I'm only going to give you seven. But it's enough to get you going. Praise the Lord in the time that we have. Which I'm almost out of time now. But God is good. I'm only here one service. So if you want to leave, that's your business. But I'm going to preach for a little bit. Not too long, but a little bit. Now, remember that if you don't get your inheritance... You can't be a real Christian. Because you can't be a real Christian on your own strength. The, what God asks you to do as a Christian is humanly impossible. God is asking you to love people who you actually hate. This is not humanly possible. If you hate a person, you hate them. You don't just turn it on and off. Oh, I'm going to love you, you know. No, you hate them. And remember that hate is how you make Satan your pastor. You can hate people you know. You just can't hate strangers. What do you mean you can hate people you know? Well, for a little bit. I hate people all the time. Just for a little bit. But when I feel hatred towards someone, I fall on my face because I don't want to make Satan my pastor. So I fall on my face and I repent. I say, dear God, don't let this stuff stick. 
I forgive them. I let it go. Take it out of me. They bring an orphan. They've been molested by a grandfather, a brother, a friend, or somebody, and they're four years old, and they're ripped and hurting and bruised, and you're going to hate people. But you got to deal with it. But some of you cannot be Christians without your inheritance. If you don't get your inheritance, you, some of you won't be able to love your wife or your husband. They drive you crazy. Some of you children won't be able to love your parents without your inheritance. You'll never reach your destiny without your inheritance. Your inheritance is the supernatural part of you that has been bought and paid for that you need. You need the supernatural part of you to be activated in order for you to be the person you were called to be, not this person that may not be doing anything supernatural. Because if all you live is a natural life, you are not living in your inheritance. That is not what God called you to do. That is not what you are called to be. You are called to be spectacularly supernatural and not natural. Anybody can be natural. But when Jesus raised himself from the dead, he gave you an immortal, eternal inheritance that is supernatural. And if you don't possess that, you're going to have a false Christianity and believe things about God that are not true. You will shrink God. And you will limit his power. So let's go to the seven things I'm going to give you. You ready? Because our time. Seven secrets of possessing your inheritance. The first one we find in Exodus 2.22 and 2.23. This will be a secret that will last for all of your Christian life. And this secret allows you to never get content and satisfied with less than what God wants for you. Praise the Lord. For example, if you don't read the Bible every day, just as an example, and enjoy it and can't stop reading it, then your Bible is probably locked. You have a locked Bible. And if you don't get that Bible unlocked, so all of its glorious mysteries come at you, then it's going to be hard for you to read the same thing over and over again and the same stories over and over again. It's just not going to work. Remember that one Bible verse has an infinity of revelation in it. Just one. All it takes is for the Holy Spirit to take the scales off your eyes and show you another level of it and then another level of it and then enough for the rest of your life and for all of eternity. That's why you'll never be bored in heaven with God and Jesus in heaven because you're thinking finitely when in reality it's an eternity kind of thinking where everything is revealed in revelations and oceans of all eternity for all eternity for all of all of all. So, first secret, it says this. The children of Israel have been in bondage for 430 years. 430 years. And one day, they had enough. And it said they began to cry. They just began to cry. And then it says they began to sigh. And then it says they began to groan. Three levels of desire. Crying, sighing, and groaning. Can you cry? Make a little crying noise. Can you sigh? 
How about groaning? How well you know them. If you've ever had stomach issues with some diarrhea, you know, and you've had it for a long time, plus hemorrhoids. If you've had that, then you know what groaning is all about. You know the pain of groaning. You're groaning. Yes, you're alone sitting there, but it's the most horrible, miserable, terrible thing there is. You want to die. You will take shots, ingestion, whatever. You say, Ivan, how are you talking like this? Well, it's the quickest way to get you to where I need you to be. <laughs> Groaning. Why do I say this? Because this is the secret. Desperation is the breeding ground for miracles. If you ever stop being hungry for God, your journey is over. If you ever stop being hungry for the word of God, your journey is over. If you ever stop being hungry for the will of God, for your destiny, for God's calling in your life, it's over for you. If you ever lose interest, if your hunger, your appetite for God, your appetite for the will of God, your appetite for the kingdom of God, once you lose that and become contented in a life of meaninglessness, then you are already defeated and God's face is changing with every contented emotion. He is becoming an invisible person that has no active relationship with you on a daily basis. So the first secret is you've got to be hungry for your inheritance and what God has for you. First Peter chapter one says it like this. You have been given an inheritance that is undefiled, unfading and incorruptible. Praise the Lord. Your inheritance is so big and so amazing that you're going to have to want it. How many have ever wanted something? Right now, some of you are sitting here and you're thinking of lunch and you're wanting it. If you were on a two or three day fast and this was your last day of that fast, your mind right now would not be listening to me or paying attention. You would just be thinking Cinnabon, 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 spaghetti, 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 or whatever it is. Your body would be praying for food. Praise the Lord. The value of hunger is this. Your hunger for God saves your soul. Only hunger can save your future. Only an appetite for the will of God can bring you your destiny. Praise the Lord. The second law found in Exodus chapter 12. Everybody say it. Everybody say it. Jesus is in... Uh, 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 Moses is, is talking to the people. He says, look, the angel of death is coming by. He's going to kill everybody. All the firstborn are all going to die unless you have the blood on the doors of the house. Then the angel of death, when he comes by and he sees that blood, he won't go in there and kill your firstborn. All the Egyptians didn't have that blood because they didn't believe in it. And so all their firstborns were dead. It was a plague and they all died. Those that had the blood on the doorposts and lintels, the angel of death passed by. And he told him to do this, get a lamb without spot or blemish representing Jesus and raise that lamb for 60 days in the house. Name it, play with it, do whatever, let the kids play with it, whatever. But then I want you to kill the lamb 
and I want you to eat it all. Praise the Lord. The second secret that will last you for the rest of your life that causes you to get things. Say it like this. I want more of Jesus. More and more and more. Tell it to everybody around you. I want more of Jesus. More and more and more. Listen. Christianity does not work if you do not love Jesus. That's all there is to it. I can't say it any simpler way. If you don't love Jesus, Christianity does not work. You are simply going to fall in love with other things that are more tangible. So if Jesus is not the most tangible thing in your life, then it's hard for you to love him. And so you've got to have this attitude, I want all of Jesus. Come on, say it together. I want all of Jesus. Give me everything about Jesus. All of Jesus. More and more and more and more. See, it's, it's the place of contentment that becomes the place of defeat. Wherever you're content, you are defeated. Satan moves in whenever you decide you're happy enough. You must pray to God to give you divine misery. Divine misery is the ability to only stay in a place as long as God tells you. Not to park and build a condo there and live there for the rest of your life. This is what many denominational churches do. Is they build a little condo at one spot and they never go further than that. Only loving Jesus is going to give you. You know, when you love something, how many of you love anything? Let's say a grandchild. How many grandparents are here? Raise your hand. Do you love your grandchildren? Is, are there words to explain it? You can't really explain it. I have 17. I have them at my house every week. Many of them. But I'm going to tell you this. I love my children. When I had my children, I loved them. I, 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 you know, I, I really couldn't explain the love I had, as you know. But when I had my grandchildren, oh, no, 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 no. This is another thing. This is another realm of God I didn't know existed. Because with my children, my pocketbook was under my control. But with my grandchildren, they can just do whatever they want in any way they want as long as they want. It's a different kind of love. Why am I saying this? Well, this is why. It's obvious when you love something. You can't stop talking about it. So if you don't ever talk about Jesus, you don't love him. You do not love him. You love the idea of Jesus. But you can't, once you stop talking about somebody, you don't love them anymore. You can just say, well, that can't be true. That's not true. That's not true. Oh, yes, it is. The kind of love we're talking about. This is the only kind that works. You love something, you talk about it. You love your dress, but pretty soon you stop talking about it because you have another dress. And who knows about shoes? I think it's all schizophrenic with shoes. I went in one house with my wife, rich people, very rich, friends of ours. And she had like the size of an entire 1,500 square feet or no, 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 that couldn't be right. 500 square feet maybe. I don't know. It was gigantic. 1,000 pair of shoes. 
tags on everything. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me say it this way. When you love something, let's say one of my grandchildren was here. You know, I take turns, as us grandparents do. So when my phone opens, when my phone opens, it opens to my grand, one of my grandson's pictures. And there they are. Most beautiful child in the world. <laughs> right? So if he's here, four years old, a lion is coming. I'm going to have him run, and I'm going to run at the lion so it eats me. Because when you love a thing, sacrifice is not sacrifice. It's a privilege. You're not going to enjoy your Christianity if you don't love God. You need to go after Jesus and want more and more and more. Number three, found in Numbers 11.7. In the wilderness... These are laws, secrets. In the wilderness, when they went in there, God told them, I need to get all this junk out of you that you are bringing with you. And they wouldn't do it. So they wouldn't learn their lessons. And this is the third secret. If you're going to get your inheritance, you need to learn your lessons when God's trying to teach you something. How long will you fight with your wife or husband? How long? How many years? Because you won't learn your lesson. You won't figure out how to end this insanity and find the peace of God. Because selfishness is the root of arguments. And there are three levels of arguing. You have disagreement. Everybody say, that's okay. But then you have arguing. Now you're stepping into the flesh. And then you have the third level, two demons talking to each other. Literally prophesying Satan's idea of them to each other. So the third secret to getting your stuff is learn your lessons. What is God teaching you? What is he teaching you? Because he's going to teach you something every day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's important. So, ma'am, we're just giving you a healing right there in your body real quick, ma'am. We just give you that healing. I see about nine different things, ma'am, right there. Boom, 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 boom. Lots of healing for that body. Praise the Lord. Flowers are shooting out of your body, ma'am. I can see them right there in the second row. Lift your hand. This means a blossoming for the family is coming. Years of prayer is about to shoot up. And the fragrance of heaven is about to manifest. Praise the Lord. You are cherished and loved by God. But that spirit of rejection that's on you, I now remove it from you. You do not deserve to be treated bad. You never did. That is not God's will. Three very bad things happened to you. I can see them. And God is healing you of those three things. I am separating you from the contact with that evil 
and those evil people. You are free now. Live your life without bad dreams. And know that God made you beautiful. And you are like a beautiful tree. You're going to have fruit hanging from your life. People will walk by and say, i got to have a piece of that fruit. Because you're going to be a very beautiful human being. Come on, everybody. Give God a little bit of praise and say, Satan is a liar. Say it to everybody around you. Satan is a liar. Do not cherish stubbornness. Because the Bible says stubbornness is as the sin of witchcraft. Witchcraft is using means to control other people. He that is easily offended practices witchcraft. So if you terrify your family with your emotional outburst, you're a witch practicing witchcraft in your house, male or female. Intimidation is witchcraft. Ultimatums, witchcraft. Threats, witchcraft. Self-pity, witchcraft. Always being hurt, witchcraft. Never forgiving, witchcraft. Look, I, my wife and I go through a whole day, and she's my favorite person to be with. I never want to be apart from her. I stalk her. But she'll get frustrated with me and in about three seconds forgive me and act all happy. I get frustrated with her. I forgive her in about three seconds because after 45 years of being married, we have decided that it's not worth to stay stuck on an issue. Four. Are you with me? Numbers 32. Verses 1 through 32, and also Joshua chapter 3, 1 through 14. Now, they come up to the Jordan River. The Jordan River is the river they've got to cross to get over there to their inheritance. Their inheritance is not in Egypt. Their inheritance is also not in the wilderness. There's nothing there to inherit. Praise the Lord. So they got to cross over. Really important. So here's what happens. Key number four. The word Jordan means to descend into death. The, first secret, the fourth secret of getting your inheritance is you've got to die to yourself and live for other people. And this is the law of selflessness. If you don't learn how to be a selfless person instead of a selfish one, you are never going to get what God has set aside for you. You're not going to get those wonder-working powers and miracles. You're not going to hear the voice of God as clearly as you hear any human voice. You're not going to feel the tangible presence of God on your body and inside your spirit and in your mind. You're not going to do that. You're not going to have peace at night that no demon can interrupt violate or break through. You're not going to have success in everything you do and every place you put your hand if you are selfish. Selfishness is how you make yourself poor. 
And selflessness is how you make yourself rich. Remember this, anything you do that is sacrificial, that you do to get something does not count. If you make somebody food when they're sick so that they'll make you food when you're sick, it doesn't count. If you're nice to somebody so they'll be nice to you, it doesn't count. If you give somebody money so they'll give you money, it doesn't count. Selflessness literally means to serve without a desire for reward. This is selflessness, and it is the Christian way, and it is how you get your stuff. Every time that you give someone money, let's say at a grocery store, some stranger, some woman, an old lady, or a single mother with a bunch of kids, and you, you say, you whisper, you don't say it all over, you whisper, say, I'd like to give you $1,000 to buy whatever you need. And they freak out. You do that selflessly with no desire for reward. Because the divine giving is giving without a desire to get anything back. That is the highest form of giving. Because if you give to get, you lose. But if you give to have to give, you gain. Instead of judging everybody because they never do anything for you, just do everything for everybody. Amen. And say, I don't care if you love me. I don't care if you want me. I don't care if you know me. I'm doing everything for God. Because the freest place on earth is when you don't need to be loved. That is the greatest power. The day you don't need anybody's love because you already have Jesus' love. And any love you get is icing on your cake. That is your free day. But as long as you need somebody's love, you will be rejected, you will be hurt, you will be broken, you will be bruised, and you will be shattered. And you will put demands on people that they themselves cannot fulfill because of how selfish they are. Well, I married this man to love me. Who told you that? Who told you that it was his job to do that? Of course it's his job to try to love you, but understand, he is not going to do it well. And until you're totally complete without anybody, you'll never be complete. But when Jesus is all you need, and the truth is, Christianity doesn't work, because for a lot of people, Jesus is not enough. You need other stuff. And that's why you won't be happy. Praise the Lord. Five. He told him this, the ark. Don't get ahead of it. Follow the ark. Where it goes, you go. The ark represents the presence of God. So one of the secrets of getting everything you want that belongs to you is follow the ark. Let's say you're driving in a car. Da, 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 da. Minding your own business. And somebody almost kills you. And they throw the finger at you while they're doing it. You lose your mind, throw every finger you got at them, calling them names and then praying in tongues. 
This is not following the ark. This is not following the presence. But if when they do that, you bless them and pray for them, say, help them, Lord, whatever's making them unhappy, bless them. And you keep your peace instead of letting them drive away with it. You're following presence. When somebody talks bad about you and instead you say some nice things about them and pray for them, you're following the presence. When someone is cheating you or trying to steal from you, you write them a love gift. You write them a check for money. This is following the presence. When someone talks bad about you and you talk good about them, this is following the presence. When someone has used you and used you and used you and used you and never said thank you and you just keep doing it and you're happy to do it and you don't require them to even recognize you, this is following the presence. And you cannot get ahead of the ark or you will not get your stuff. Six, Joshua 3.10. I will drive out from your midst the Hivite and the Hittite, the Amorite and the Amalekite, the Jebusite and the Girgashite, and the Parasite and the Canaanite. All the giants in the land. Joshua 10.24. Joshua chased the five kings of the giants into a cave dragged them out, hung them. They have very unusual names, these kings. They are the kings of the giants. One of the giants' names is the taste of venom in the mouth, which covers all the sins of revenge and hate. Another one was called twisted perspective, which covers all ideologies and deceptions. Another name was a pit of emptiness, which covers all loneliness, and orphans, empty hearts. Another one was called to wallow in uncleanness, which covers all perversion and all cleanness. And the last one was called the king of terror, which covers all fear, all anxiety. And those are just five and there's over 39 of them. Look at somebody and say, I gotta kill my giants. You see, my brother and sister, you are a unique person with a family, whether you know them or not. You had a father and a mother. You were not hatched. Your father and your mother had issues. Your grandparents had issues. Your great-grandparents had issues on both sides. Way up the line. The genes in your body come from them. That means everything they practiced is in your gene pool. Every perversion, every lie, every murder, every rape, every child molestation, everything is in your genes. If you feed it, it becomes your identity. If you starve it, it never raises its head. Nobody is born anything. You are just born with a potential for anything. It's your genes that betray you, not God. And if you won't feed those perverted genes, you will never be perverted. No one is born an alcoholic. They're just born with the genes to be one. For example, I got all my children with my wife and we identified the giants of our family. We said in my family, it's full of alcoholics. Her family, 
full of alcoholics. So we made a decision. We shall never drink liquor. So to this day, I have never had a drink of liquor. When I was younger and not saved, I didn't drink liquor because of this. I didn't, I, I didn't drink liquor because my grandmother, who could be brutal, beat up a man once with a tortilla roller at her restaurant who was drunk and told me, if you ever hit a woman or take a drink of liquor, this is what I'm going to do to you. So when I was offered liquor and drugs growing up, I would never do it. I said, do you know my grandmother? Because I actually saw that man's eyes swell shut and his lips all ripped to pieces and teeth falling out. Blood on my shoes. So I told, we told our children, the chain breaks here. The curse ends now. Now the curse ends right here. Some of you parents need to rise up and identify the giants of your family because those giants could destroy your children. If your family's full of alcoholics, what are you doing drinking? And if your family's full of perverted adulterers, what are you doing watching pornography? Because you're simply opening the door for Satan to come in and kill your children and eat them like the monster that he is. And you're actually making your children Wicked by not killing the giants and telling them what the giants are and how to kill them. Praise the Lord. The final point at 1233, which is probably 30 minutes over what you're normally used to. But I have pastor's permission, so I can't get in trouble. So number seven for, for our little journey here uh, is found in Matthew 14, also Matthew 24. You can also find it in Proverbs chapter six. And this is it. There's 21 of these, but I'm only giving you seven. If you want all 21, you have to go and call my office and they can put all that together for you. But listen to me on this. Christianity is not cheap, but you can't buy it or pay for it because it's already bought and paid for. So it's free. You own it. Now you simply need to possess it. When I say get joy, I mean feel it. Otherwise, what benefit is having something that you can't benefit from? It would be like taking a drug, let's say penicillin, that was a fake drug. It only had the name penicillin, but it wasn't penicillin, it was water. It's not going to cure you. So the tangible peace of God is what you want. The tangible joy of God is what you want. The tangible love of God. The tangible power of healing miracles in your body is what you want. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're going to get the real thing. Does a man build a building without counting the cost first. This is the principle and the seventh key. You gotta pay a price for some of the things you want. It is not the price Jesus paid, but it is the price of possessing it. For example, 
let's say you want to be healthy. You can't just eat pizza, cinnamon rolls, sugar, all forms of fat uh, in flour, and all forms of deadly food, and wake up and win the Olympics. Praise the Lord. So there's a price to pay for the things you want. If you want to be a, 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 a really good husband, you're not just going to go to bed one night and pray to be a great husband and wake up a great husband. You're actually going to have to go study and learn from God and not take everybody else's general views of everything. You're going to have to, because you married a unique woman. How many of you know that? Your wife is not like, another, like other women. She's different. And she's very complicated. <laughs> because women are God's perfect creation. When God made a woman, he didn't leave anything out like he did with us. We're missing stuff. That's why we're so happy. Men can be so happy. Because if you put five men in a car and they all have gas, nobody wants a divorce and nobody gets offended. They just say, you're killing me, roll the window down. And they drive the whole five hours. But if you put a woman in the car, everything changes. People are crossing legs, holding. Misery, because there's a woman, there's dignity in the car. Women are clean. Women are organized. Women are nurturing. Women are caring. Women are compassionate. Women think. And there's other things. Praise the Lord. What does a man know of any of these things? Right? So a man that just, I'm a great husband. You just got to take her. No, your wife speaks another language. Womanese is another language. It's not the same as manese. You're not going to find a man walking up to another man saying, how's your heart? How do you feel? No man is going to do that. We're going to talk about cars and trucks and work and jobs and killing giants and the word of God and the things of the spirit. But we're not going to get like personal. But a woman gets in the car, you know, right away, rubbing your shoulder. How are you doing? Is everything? I'm, I'm feeling something. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. It's so tiring to be vulnerable and transparent. It's, it's brutal. Leave me alone. I'll work it out. No, they want to know, why, why, why don't you talk to me? Why won't you shut me down? You shut me off. You're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm having these, okay, okay. Okay, I got, okay, womanies, praise the Lord. Because remember, they speak another language. So when a woman says no, they don't mean no always. <laughs> Sometimes no does mean no. Sometimes no means maybe. And sometimes no means yes. But it's how they say the no that tells you if it's a yes. 
because they say all the no's in different ways. There's a no that means no. There's a no that means maybe. And that maybe one means persuade me. And then my no means yes. And there's a flat out no that means yes all the way. Absolutely. Because every day it changes. One day you come home and she wants you to be Tarzan and chase her. And she will let you catch her. But if you try that two days in a row, now you're an animal. You're a beast. Because on day two, she doesn't want you to chase her. She wants to talk for three hours on 50 subjects, none of which make any sense. And she wants you never to lose your concentration while she's jumping from subject to subject. Have you not seen this? When women get together, they all can talk about seven or eight subjects at one time. No, you're a summer, not a winter. Why are you wearing that dress? They did what? Oh my, kick them out of the house right now. Yes, that recipe is the best recipe. I love Jesus too, oh my God. Oh, and they go right back here and pick up all the way around. No man can do that. That's a headache, oh my God. Give me a simple man that doesn't talk. Just sits there. Yeah, it was good. How is everything? Good? Great? That I can handle. There's a price to pay for what you want. What do you want? You want miracles? There's a price to pay. You want an anointing? There's a price to pay. You want business success? There's a price to pay. You want healing? You want your whole family to get saved? There's a price to pay. You can't just sleep and eat and watch TV and go to work and your whole family gets saved. You're going to have to get on your knees and pray and beat down the doors of heaven. They may get saved any way they get saved, but to be safe... Get on your knees for your children. Kneel down next to their bed. Lay hands on your children. Pray over your children and let them have memories growing up of a father and a mother who knelt down at their bed and prayed for them and prayed them out of hell into heaven and revealed to them the lights of truth and reality and so they could have the peace of God in their heart. Put on the music. Come on, everybody, praise him a little bit and say, thank God. Close your eyes for privacy, not for a religious reason, but for privacy. Turn that up. Set everything, everything aside, everything you've been thinking of. Concentrate on what God is telling you this morning. Remember that you will leave Jesus as soon as you don't get anything from him anymore. Some of you will literally leave and others will emotionally leave. Either one will make you poor. And God did not call you to be poor. I want you to think about heaven. And the question is this, do you want to go to heaven? 
That's the question. Do you want to go to heaven when you die? And the second question is this. Are you 100% sure, without any doubt whatsoever, that if you died today, you would go to heaven? Because no one in this world can give you that assurance. Only God can put in a person's heart the assurance and peace that when they die, they will go to heaven. No one else could do it. So if you're sitting there and you say, I do want to go to heaven, I'm going to ask you to do something simple and easy. Right there where you're sitting. If you want God to put his peace in your heart about heaven, so that when you wake up for the rest of your life, every day you walk around, you will know that you know that you know that if you died, you would go to heaven. If you want that, all I want you to do right there where you're sitting right now is for you to lift your hand right now, high enough for me to see, and then I'm going to pray for you, and God is going to do a miracle. Oh my gosh. Look at all those hands going up, God, right now. Stretch them out where God can see your hand, and you are not ashamed of him. Because he said something very powerful. If you're ashamed of me in public, then I will be ashamed of you. But if you're not ashamed of me, I'll confess your name to my Father in heaven. Oh my God. Now I want you to do something easy. All I want you to do is to stand up right there where you're at, and I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to see God do a miracle for you. Right there where you're at. Stand up if you lifted your hand. And let's change our future. Let's change our destiny. Could all of you look at me for one minute? Could I have your permission to lead you in a prayer? May I? If I have that, would you wave your hand at me? May I lead you in a prayer? May I lead you all in a prayer? May I lead you all in a prayer? I'm not going to make you say anything to anybody, but I would like to look into your eyes when I pray for you. Would you do this for me very quickly? Would you just walk up here really quick, just for a minute, and let me lead you in this prayer. I will not embarrass you in any way. Give them a hand as they come. All of you, come on out of your seats and walk up here and give them a hand like you're clapping for your mother right now. Come on. And you can spread out wherever. Come closer if you would. I, I'm not a biting or anything. But So let's talk about this for a second. Two things. Some of you are going to need more than just to be forgiven right now. But you will need forgiveness. And only God can forgive what we have done. Only he can do it. But it's one thing to be forgiven. If, if somebody forgives you, it's hard to really get along with them. Because 
you know all the bad things, they, you know they know all the bad things you did. And it's hard to have a relationship with someone like that. So God forgives you, and then he erases what you did from his mind. That is called divine forgiveness. And that is what God is going to give you. All you have to do is forgive those that have damaged you and forgive yourself. And let God come into your heart and start a new life and a new journey with no mistakes in it. Are you ready? Would you all extend your hands towards them? Let's all say it together. Dear God in heaven, I repent for all my sins. I turn my back on the devil and his plan for my life. I want to go to heaven. So I'm asking you to come in my heart. Live in my heart. Be the savior of my heart. I'll follow you till the day I die. I forgive those that damage me. And I forgive God myself. I let myself be forgiven. And start brand new. Let the blood of Jesus wash over me right now. And cleanse and purify me. So I can start the life that I was created to live. Dear God, give me the power to know your will, to serve you, and to do what you call me to do. I'm going to heaven. Dear God, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Say it out loud. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. My name is in the book. God is in my heart. I have been forgiven. And I will start a new life. The devil is defeated. And God is on his throne. Amen. Would you all turn around for one second? Don't sit down yet. Just turn around. Face the church. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Can I present to you these men and women and children that have been to forgiven. They've been acquitted. The devil is a liar and they're going to have a beautiful life. And that clapping is pathetic. You ought to clap like your mother's up here. This is a big, big deal in heaven. This is a big deal in heaven. Now turn around this way and let me pronounce a blessing on you. My first blessing is this. I break all curses over you that you have gotten from your forefathers. My second blessing is I break all poverty off you. Whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, relational, business, psychological, any poverty, I break it off you. Thirdly, I pray that you be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and that you walk with God's assistance and God's help and that he teach you what your purpose is for being alive, why you were born, where you are going, and how to get there. May the blessing of the Lord be upon you. May it comfort you. May it strengthen you. And may God's nearness and presence be with you for the rest of your life. All your doubts, for those of you that are saved, have been shattered. And for the rest of you, you have crossed the bridge and you're on your way towards the river of life.
Praise the Lord. Let's all bless God, everybody. All right. You all may be seated. Give God praise.